You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Brock Blake. He's the CEO and founder of Lendio.com, the largest online marketplace of small business loans in the United States. Brock believes that access to capital should be simpler and quicker for small business owners. I agree with him. And he's built a successful company around solving this one problem. Brock leads the team that has helped business owners get access to more than $1 billion in funding, Startup Nation. That's $1 billion in funding. If you want a piece of that, listen up. An Inc. 500 CEO, national keynote speaker, Forbes columnist, and Utah's Emerging Executive of the Year, Brock's dedication extends far beyond the boardroom. He has shaped a superior company culture 
and get into that a little bit with a humble and hungry team that is passionate about driving results and giving back. And here's what's really uh, caught my eye, Startup Nation. For every loan facilitated on Lendio's marketplace platform, Lendio gives an employee contribution, an employer matching program, donates a percentage of funds to low-income entrepreneurs around the world through Kiva.org, a fantastic organization. Brock's most important accomplishments, though, come from being a husband and a father of four. Brock, welcome to your first 100K podcast, my friend. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, thanks, Joseph. I'm uh, excited to be here with you and talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur and building a company and the ups and downs that come with it. There are many ups and downs, my friend. Um, we're going to get into your, your entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, if you've listened to some of my previous episodes, I tend to focus a little more time on the downs rather than the ups. Because I think, you know, listen, if you want to hear about how everybody's winning in the world, like go listen to other podcasts, right? That's really what they focus on. How'd you make your first 10 million, your 100 million, et cetera. I really focus on the 100,000, the first 100,000, because again, that's where I believe 90% of entrepreneurs again stuck, again stopped, and they don't know how yep. to get through. Why do you think that is? No, I agree. I, I feel like that first 100,000 is the most critical component of really becoming an entrepreneur because it's going to, it will usually determine your fate or whether you'll, you know, be successful or, or not, or whether you'll, you'll um, jump out of the business. Um, you know, and I, I've got all kinds of war stories from those early years of, of trying to be an entrepreneur and scrapping through and living in my parents' basement and taking loans and, you know, and eating ramen noodles and just, you know, fighting every single day to live another day. Uh, so I, I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you so much. So let's get into that story. Take us back in time and walk us through Lendio, the founding of Lendio. Um, and like, where did the concept come from? Like, was it just this aha moment? You woke up at two in the morning and you were just like, ah, I know it. This is what the world needs. And you went out and did it or did it start out differently? Take us through that journey real yeah. quick. Yeah, so Lendio is actually the evolution of a, um, you know, a, a pivot off a previous business idea that I started, uh, a company called Funding Universe. And, and uh, how I got start, and I'll, and I'll start way back then. Um, I came out of college. I was uh, studying at Brigham Young University at BYU, playing soccer there. And, and I was an, an entrepreneur. I was doing all sorts of different, you know, buying scooters from China and selling them and different things like that. And and uh, I heard about this entrepreneurial competition. It was kind of like the TV show The Apprentice. Uh, there was 100 applicants. They narrowed it down to 20. Those 20 went through an eight-week boot camp-like competition. And, um, but it wasn't with you know, Donald Trump saying you're fired at the end. Uh, so I entered that competition. And, and at the end of those eight weeks, they choose five of the entrepreneurs and give them each uh, $50,000 to go start a business. Um, and I was one of the five. And I uh, was able to use that money to go and either buy a business or come up with an idea or, or start a business or other things like that. And, and as I was out interviewing and trying to figure out how I was going to, you know, what business I was going to start, I talked to so many other entrepreneurs and business owners and almost every single one of them, their common pain point was that they needed capital. They needed money to grow. 
and and uh, they weren't experts at getting a capital, but they might have been a great restaurant owner, or a great manufacturer, or whatever it might be, but they didn't have a solution to getting access to capital. And so early on, we we started well. Let's try and solve that problem. Let's connect these entrepreneurs up to angel investors, um, and we did it through kind of a speed dating type format called speed pitching. And uh, so that's that's where the idea came from. Was just I was trying to figure out what to do, uh, interviewing a lot of business owners, and almost every single one of them had a common pain point. Mm. So Brock, this is where this uh, I'm going to lean in a little bit here because my listeners know I say this often, and I'm asked you to kind of like re- come back from with your position on this is. I believe that the number one reason why small businesses fail is not lack of funding. And I know that's the common popular term out there. And, and here's my point on it. I don't believe uh, small businesses fail because of lack of funding. I believe it's because of isolation. I believe they isolate themselves. They don't go out and get the resources, funding being one of them. They don't put themselves out and, and, and really start sharing their vision, their mission, et cetera, uh, in a vulnerable way and asking for help. Instead, they isolate themselves in their, their living room or in their garage trying to build this mega startup without accessing the resources such as Lendio.com um, that they desperately need. So I would love to yeah, hear no, your pushback on that. I, I don't push back on that. I actually really agree with you on that. Um, I, I do think that funding is a resource that um, is needed along the way, but I don't think that's the number one cause of failure. In fact, one of the painful lessons that I learned was that I, I, I believe that businesses, entrepreneurs fell, you know, it, it's a similar type concept to what you were just saying, but because business owners are, are, are playing business, they, they get, like you said, caught up in their living room or at their desk or whatever, and they're making sure their business cards look nice and their website looks pretty and, you know, and they like telling the idea of being a business owner. But the reality is, is that to, to make it happen, you got to get out there and put yourself uh, you got to put yourself out there. You need to go get out from behind the desk. You need to talk to customers and really you need to focus on revenue. Um, uh, I learned that the hard way because at one point in my journey, that $50,000 actually dried up. We used it for payroll and different things like that. And, and, you know, I, I was faced with this moment where, um, it's the Friday before Christmas. Uh, we have eight employees and I don't have any money to, to make payroll. And, um, and I was pretty much curled up in fetal position on the floor, you know, thinking about how miserable this was that I have all these people dependent on me and I don't even have the money to, to pay them. And, um, it was, and there's a lot of emotions that I can, you know, get into if we want, but, but the learning that came out of that experience was it's not about playing business. I got to drive revenue. Revenue cures all sins or most sins uh, and most mistakes. And uh, we need to focus on our customer. Does our product, you know, meet the customer demand? Are our customers willing to pay for that? Are we, do we have a service that is valuable enough to generate revenue? And those were a bunch of questions I hadn't had, had answered and deserved to run out of money and be put through a difficult situation um, in, that, in that time frame. I know that wasn't a pushback, but I really like that position. So Startup Nation, I'm going to paraphrase what I heard Brock say 
which is the fantastic wisdom advice for any startup entrepreneur like yourself, who's just really pushing and struggling and wondering why can't I get through the hundred K mark? Like, what am I missing? And I think Brock, uh, you know, said it very well. So here's my, my words of what he said, focus on revenue. Stop trying to look good. Revenue cures most mistakes. Like it's yep. really that simple. Brock, anything you want to add to that? Well, during that story, when I was trying to figure out the solution, I was going to have to face my employees and tell them I couldn't make payroll. I went to a mentor of mine, and and to your point, you know, I thought, man, if this mentor of mine could just give me, you know, thirty thousand dollars, that would solve all my problems. And fortunately, he was a lot wiser than I was at the time, and he said, that's not going to solve your problems. All that's going to do is kick the can down the road. You need to be able to figure out a plan, make sure to see if this business really works. And he really challenged me and uh, was the best thing that he could have done and helped me learn that, you know, that, that valuable lesson of I need to focus on revenue. I need to focus on our customers and delivering value to our customers. So I came back to our employees and, and I said, I've, I've got bad news and I've got good news. Uh, the bad news is, is I can't pay you. Um, and it's Friday before Christmas. Um, the good news is I have a plan. And uh, I mapped out this plan, and I said, you know, but I realized that I can't pay you. This may, this plan may sound totally up in the night, you know. And and so what I want you to do is I want you to go home and talk to your spouse and consider it, you know, as a as a family or if you're whatever, think about it. And if you show up on Monday, then I know you're all in and you believe in this plan. It was a three month plan where you know we would we would pay in other ways, not through cash, and, and we'd focus on revenue. And at the end of the three months, either we'd be alive and we'd, we'd, the business would keep running or we would be dead. And, uh, and, and all eight employees showed up on Monday and believed in the plan, and we just, like, everything came into focus. You kind of throw all the non-important stuff to the side, and you realize, okay, I need to know, you know, how can we help our customers with their needs and, and generate revenue from it? And... Um, it was a painful but extremely valuable lesson that I learned early on in my, uh, in my career. Mm. So Brock, walk us through those things. What were the specific strategies you went to work on, like looked in, hey, is this gonna work, is it not, in order to create that plan? So really what I'm asking, which I ask on every show with all my guests is, what are your top three tips or strategies that Startup Nation can use right now to break through the 100k mark especially if they were in the, they're in the situation that you were in where they're trying to look up but they're not focused on revenue what are those top three tips or strategies they could do practical right to it what do you got yeah i think first off you know we have to identify product market fit in other words does will customers pay for the product that we have um and too often what we do as entrepreneurs is we go we have this business idea and we go and we talk to our friends and family members and people that love us and and we say you know i've got this business idea and and every single one of them because they love you and they don't want to offend you they're going to tell you that's a great idea and you know you're starting to you know pat yourself on the back oh i've got such a good business idea when the reality is that's not even your customer and you're you're fooling yourself because um you know, getting feedback from friends or family, yeah, that's good. But even better is to identify what does my customer really look like? 
and how do I validate with if it's valuable to them? And how can I get in front of them and have really candid conversations where they're not incented to tell me what I want to hear. They're actually incented to just tell me true. So the best way to do that is put the product in front of the customer, even if it's a even if it's a you know, a, a screenshot or or it's an idea or a concept or a an MVP, a minimal viable product, anything that you can put in front of the customer and ask them, you know, if, would you buy this? Um, would you pay for this? Would you use it? And and um, and actually have them, if they say yes, well, would you sign a purchase order that if I deliver this, that you'll buy it? And and obviously every every product that you offer is different. Some might just be you're looking for customer usage, and others they might be actually paying for it. But I think that is the most critical kind of early step in becoming an entrepreneur is get the product out in front of your customer and see if they're willing to pay for it. And if they are, if they or if they're willing to use it or they're willing to pay for it, then I think you're on to something there. Um, and, uh, and so, so step number one would, would be that. Identify right. product market fit. What's step number two? Step number two then would be, uh, you know, I, I would say step number two and number three would be nail it, then scale it. So once you identify product market fit, then, then the, the focus needs to be maniacal around how do I nail this? The, the, how do I nail the customer experience? How do I nail the product? How do I just knock it out of the park? And, and it's focus. Sometimes we get feature bloat and we try and do everything when the reality is, is let's focus on one thing and do it really, really, really well, better than anyone else. Um, and so number two would just be keep iterating on that product market fit until you feel like, man, I've, I've got the best widget in the world. You know, I'm solving this problem better than anyone else. Uh, and I can tell because my customers are really starting to, to, to get excited about it. Fantastic. Um, and what do you got for number three? Yeah, so number three would be then then scale it. Once you know that you know customers are loving it, they're adopting it, you feel like, man, I've really got this thing nailed. Then at that point is when you start to say, okay, how do I, you know, I, right now I'm only focused on a few customers or a very small customer base. That's I'm just gonna really really nail it on. But now now the question is, how do I take it from five customers to 100 customers or from 100 customers to 1,000 customers, and what are the, the processes that I need to put in place to be able to not only do it one time, but five times and 10 times and 100 times where you're really starting to scale that business up. Some people try and scale too early without having done product market fit, without having really nailed the product. Uh, they, they try and get out. And, and if you scale too early, then it's, it's costly and you're going to burn through, through ca unneeded cash uh, during, during that process. All right, Startup Nation, you've heard it here. Those are the top three tips and strategies from Brock Blake. You can find him at Lendio.com. That's Lendio.com. He's built a super successful lending platform for small business owners like yourself. You may end up being one of his customers, or you may just take his advice and wisdom from the show and go do the work. Will customers pay for the product that you have right now or a few paying for it right now? but not a lot, you know? What do you need to do? Do you need to nail it? Really lock down that customer experience and, and the product and really make sure that it's working fantastically for your client? 
And then once it finally does, then add the processes and systems in place for growth so that you could scale it. So this is Brock's advice to you. I agree with him 100%. I've built a few businesses myself and this works. It just works. So do the work, Startup Nation. That's what it comes down to. Do the work. Stop trying to look good. Go do the work. All right, Brock, uh, let's get into um, what's the number one daily habit that you used almost every day or every day um, to really uh, like sharpen your mental game um, through those year one, two, and three of struggle and feelings of not good enough, feelings of not worthy, feelings of I'm a fraud, just that whole mental game of, of entrepreneurship when you have all the setbacks and failures, like what was that daily habit that really kept you uh, mentally strong, spiritually strong um, while you were dealing with the, the hustle and grind of growing a business? Yeah, I think sometimes we get so caught up in, in the hustle and grind of building a business that it, it becomes all encompassing and it takes over our life and all consuming. And, and uh, by the way, all these tips and and things are all from mistakes that I've made. Uh, I have all kinds of stories behind all every single one of them, um, and so they don't—they're not just shared lightly. But, but this one is one where, you know, I—I—I I, I, I had moments where I was so tied up in the grind of of building a business that you know things that were really important to me started taking the back burner. You know, uh, such as what? You know, such as like. For me, I really like to learn and study. I have, you know, every single morning I have 30 to 60 minutes for personal meditation and study time, whether that's spiritual or just or kind of educational learning. Um, uh, for me, uh, getting a, a daily workout is really, really critical part of, of my sanity and, and thinking clearly and my, the energy levels. Um, uh, you know, I, I am married with uh, with four kids and you know, uh, uh, weekly time with my wife is, is, you know, and strengthening that relationship and, and being vulnerable with her around what's working, what's not working and have and her support and, and just, you know, time together is important or, uh, undistracted time with my kids at their football games or their dance, you know, recitals or things like that. So, you know, there were times where a lot of that would be, I, I would, I would lose my, my focus and I would be so, focused on I got to get this business off the ground that some of those things that that, that are priority take back burner and you just start skipping out on them and you it burns you out so quickly you actually um, it's this weird at least for me I found that that when I make time for those things that are the most important in my life when I make time to be with you know spend time with my wife and and when I put my phone down and and the computer down and and I'm focused on on my kids and throwing the ball or kicking the soccer ball in the backyard or things like that. Uh, a daily workout and those and those personal time where I can meditate and study. Um, I have, I think more clearly. I'm more efficient in the hours that I'm working. I have more energy. Uh, I'm happier. Uh, I'm more optimistic. I solve problems better. Um, and so, you know, I think sometimes we think that, that, that to be an entrepreneur, it just has to take over everything in your life and it leads to anger and frustration and you, it's harder to get through setbacks and trials. 
And I, I really strongly, sincerely believe that a more balanced life actually helps you be a better entrepreneur, helps you think more clearly, helps you solve problems, and uh, you'll be more successful uh, if you really are, are – now, if you're balanced. Um, now, it doesn't always work that you can keep this you know, rigid schedule. There needs to be flexibility with that. But making those things a priority, um, I, I believe, have a real impact on, on your success level as an entrepreneur and sanity. Brock, I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, you may not know this, but uh, I own a spiritual coaching business. And for this exact reason, uh, you know, I coach Christian business owners um, that have won in business, right? They're winning. They're making the money. They, but they did the all-consuming path. And unfortunately, yeah. have neglected all the things that matter in their life along their, the way up, right? their way to the top. And now they have marriages in ruin or about to be, uh, they got kids that are, you know, just ignoring them because they weren't present, you know, fathers or mothers. Uh, they were just great providers. And what we do is we coach with them and we get their kids back. You know, some of my clients got their kids back into their life. Others avoided the super expensive divorce, uh, that they were yep. tracking for. Um, things that are priceless that you're mentioning right now um, and spiritual as well. You know, I'm a faith-based guy and it's like so many of these business owners, they're Christian, uh, but God wasn't even in part of their daily, you know, conversation. It was just the chase the money, chase the money, chase the success. And I've done that myself. And I got to the top, I made the millions. And then I was the most angry, depressed, miserable, bitter. You know, I wanted to take my own life. Like, like it was a lie yep. when you go all yep. the way to the top without the things that matter most. So Startup Nation, really listen to what Brock is saying here. Um, it's so true. It's so true. The yeah. worst thing you can do is get to the top, have all the money and be alone. You Amen. Amen. And, and kudos to you for building that. Uh, I'm a faith-based uh, guy myself and, and believe that that makes real impact on your life and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll just tell you a quick story. One time, I was I was out trying to um, raise some a, a round of capital. We've we've grown. We're now you know 250 employees and tens of millions in revenue. But early on, I was trying to raise a, a round of venture capital to to help us you know grow the business. And and um, we had a, a an investor that was very interested. They flew in from the Bay Area to our office and sat down and meet with us and it was likely they were going to give us an offer at the end of the day of, you know, of an investment. And um, as we were, went to lunch that day and we sat down, we were talking through the business, you know, we started to have the conversation be more personal. And he said, hey, I noticed that you're married with, with kids. And, I, and he's like, tell me about that. And I'm like, yeah. And I, my face kind of light up and uh, you married to love my life. And, you know, at the time, I think I had two kids and, and a son and a daughter and, and they mean everything to me. And, and, He's like, well, t how do they fit on your priority scale? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I've worked with a lot of uh, CEOs, and, and I just don't believe that you can be a successful CEO and a, a great dad. You can't be a great CEO and a great dad. You've got to choose one or the other. And, um, you know, as I sat there at lunch and I was thinking about this, this guy, I, I was uh, it just – Oh, I just had this pit in my stomach, and I just realized this—I don't believe that at all. Um, in fact, it just 
rubbed me such the wrong way. I told him at the end of the day, I said, you know, I appreciate you being willing to give us an offer, and you know, and, and at the time was a big deal of the company, but I, I, I just don't think it's the right fit. Um, and it, and ever since that day, it was a this this moment in my life where I set off like right then and there, like I'm going to prove that guy wrong. Um, I, I believe you can be a great CEO and a great dad. Uh, I'm extremely passionate about entrepreneurship and the family and I'm neither a great CEO or a great dad yet, but I'm aspiring and believe that it can be done. And, and, uh, and so, um, it's something I'm, I'm quite passionate about. Fantastic. I agree with you. And I also agree with your decision not to go with him, Be especially if the, the narrative was, hey, you, got, you have to sacrifice your family if you really want to grow this business. And if yep. that was the narrative, then goodbye, sir. You know, that, that clean, that simple, you know, and you chose who mattered most. All right. So, Brock, uh, obviously, you know, when we're having a great conversation like this, time just moves, my friend. So uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. Uh, this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Sure. All right. Brock, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Uh, I love solving problems and helping customers. And what's your least favorite thing? Oh, there, the bigger you get, the more difficult the challenges with, uh, customers, regulatory people. Uh, there's there, those are, those are the, the painful parts of being an entrepreneur. You know, some of my other guests said, that's the goal is to create bigger problems for yourself. <laughs> All right, Brock, what are you most afraid of? Um, not being able to leave a legacy. Mm, got it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Um, way too much time trying to do it myself versus surrounding me, surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me. Amen to that. What secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear? Mm-hmm. We all have a, like a way we show uh, up with them or they show up with us. That they won't believe in the vision. Mm, yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, focusing on customers. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> What's the new habit you want to form? Um, I want to start a podcast. Nice. Look at that. Easy enough. And what's a bad habit you want to break? Being on my phone with my, when my family's around. Mm, got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, well, the three words, happy, humble, and hungry are the three words that I'm most, I'm most passionate about that I'm aspiring to. Fantastic. And pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Um, naive, um, ambitious, um, prideful. You're reminding me a lot of myself, my friend, just, just putting that out there. And last question, uh, Brock, if you could come back to life after you died, 
look your wife and your children in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I would say, um, that's a, that's a deep question. <laughs> um, try to live as the savior Jesus Christ would live. Amen to that brother. Fantastic. Any final wisdom, Brock, what's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100 K in the next 12 months? You know, there's never a better time to be an entrepreneur and there's no special skill set or talent. Every single entrepreneur is different. Um, half the battle is just fighting every single day to live another day. Um, you're going to have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Um, there will be challenges that you don't think you'll be able to overcome. But, you know, if you're passionate about it, you believe in it, and, you know, it's something that you, you really are motivated, driven by, some, somehow, some way, you'll figure it out. Um, and the business that you end up with may be totally different than the business you start with. That's part of the journey. That is part of the journey, Startup Nation, one day at a time. Listen to Brock. So we've been speaking with Brock Blake. He's the CEO and founder at Lendio.com. Go check him out. Brock, what's the best way to, for our listener to get in touch with you if they so choose? Yeah, Lendio.com. Come to our website. It's a free service to help small business owners uh, to, to find business loan options. We're kind of like the kayak for business loans. So you can come to one place and then comparison shop all the different loan options and choose the one that's the best fit for you. Uh, and the lender pays us. So it's a free service for those business owners. Look at that. It's like when you get a crack in the windshield, Startup Nation, the insurance pays for the replacement glass. You don't have to. Pretty cool. There stuff. you go. <laughs> All right, Brock, thanks for being on the show. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thanks, Joseph. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.